We just launched our sexual assault response coordination project. How do they go about accessing service? Have you lost anyone during your time with Sewins? If you're going to go through the forensic kit, you can't wash, you can't bathe, you have to keep the same clothing on. What is the age demographic of women coming in reporting assault? When you're transitioning people into, into a better place, what does that look like? We receive a lot of historical disclosures of this happened to me when I was nine and I've never told anybody. Sarah Gouda and Jim Check from the Now Media Group ask questions, explore topics, and shine a light on the conversations that matter. We're here today with Danielle Golden. Danielle, can you tell us your profession and which organization you're from? Yes, so I am the executive director, um, quite new as of uh, May. I'm the new executive director of the South Okanagan Women in Need Society in Penticton. So can you tell us about this new project that you just launched? Mm-hmm. So we just launched our sexual assault response coordination project, um, and this is a very uh, generous grant from EVA BC. It was a federal government um, federal government initiative, and EVA BC is the third party that um, you actually applied through them, um, and they're coordinating all of the, the funding and supports for that. And so one of the gaps in programs and services that we have identified or our organization has identified in the South Okanagan region is a coordinated response to sexual assault, either um, immediate or historical disclosures of sexual assault. Um, And that doesn't mean that uh, organizations have not been doing as much as they can in terms of responding to those immediate um, and historical supports and advocacy and all of those pieces. This project is really focused on bringing service providers together throughout that entire region, talking about the gaps in programs and services, and creating a coordinated um, plan to be able to just better support women um, throughout that process. So just for uh, for EVA BC, can you, what is EVA BC? And, and can I ask how much funding you received and how far that will go, do you think? Yeah, so EVA BC is End Violence Association BC. Um, I come from Saskatchewan, so I've actually never seen such a incredible support system like BC has got it going on in terms of um, responding to women and gender-based violence needs. So um, EVA BC does training, support, grant programs. Um, it's it's incredible actually the amount of support that they give organizations such as such as uh, Sowens. And so um, yeah, so the grant funding is this is a two-year project, so it'll go to March 2020. 23 um, there was a first wave of organizations that received funding and so we're sort of that second wave of funding um, and we received um, you know we received I think around 200,000 for the first year and about the same for the second year so it's enough to um, hire a sexual assault response coordinator which we've done um, to hire a sexual assault uh, support worker or two support workers um, to develop a wraparound model to uh, coordinate with other service providers throughout the South Okanagan region, uh, work closely with the sexual assault response team at Penticton Regional Hospital so it's a very um, 
it's a, it's a great grant is what I'm saying is we'll be able to do exactly what we intend to. So, so for people not familiar with SoWinds, can you give us a little background on SoWinds? Like how big, how many people you've mm-hmm. served over the years, how long it's been there? Yeah, so um, we're actually, this is our 40th anniversary wow. this year. Yeah, and um, so Sowins, um, like I said, it's been around for 40 years. Um, it was really started, we actually had a founding member come and visit us uh, quite recently. And it was really started with a group of, of women, like many organizations such as Sowins, um, that said, you know, domestic violence is a problem and we're going to speak up, you know, what, what does that look like? What can we do? So these women advocated for our first transition house, um, which is a safe place, of course, for women and families to go who are at risk or experiencing um, gender-based violence. So we have a transition house in Penticton. We have a um, really great counseling programs. We have the Stopping the Violence Counseling Program. We have the Peace Program, which is a counseling program for children and youth. We have um, our Community-Based Victim Services Program, and that supports women who are navigating the criminal justice system. Um, We have um, a drop-in center um, and a mobile outreach van. So that's those two programs are providing women with a place to come and have a shower and meet some of their basic human needs but plus that team really supports them beyond those basic needs Uh, the mobile outreach van serves communities all the way from princeton to summerland and they provide harm reduction supplies safe sex supplies a sandwich a juice box some warm socks um and so yeah um you know i feel that uh, this this new project the sexual assault response coordination project really fits in very well with what we're currently doing um, and and where we're going. So, you said you wanted to focus on the transportation aspect. Can you give us like an example? You mentioned before another city to come to Penticton Hospital. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that? Yeah. So um, we do serve, like I said, communities all the way to Princeton. And one of uh, one of a, a very big risk factor for gender-based violence is isolation and rural and ro- remote communities. So. Um, Penticton Regional Hospital, we're we're quite lucky that we do have a a SART team, so a sexual assault response team, that can conduct the forensic, the sexual assault forensic kit. Um, And so when a woman is assaulted in another community, Mm -hmm. uh, she might not have the supports or the transportation that she needs to get to to Penticton Regional Hospital so that she can get those immediate medical supports. And and if she chooses to do the forensic kit, she can do the forensic kit there. So it is a, um, we did a very similar project in Saskatchewan and that was one of the the biggest factors is that when you have a hospital, not all hospitals have a SART team. So um, women sometimes, and of course, if you're going to go through the forensic kit, you can't wash, you can't bathe, you have to keep the same clothing on, you really have to preserve it. It's very traumatic for women. It's extremely traumatic. And so if we can offer another level of support while we say we have a support person in one of these rural Uh, communities that can make immediate contact with the women and then we can meet them at the hospital or meet them somewhere in that transportation system so that we can offer that advocacy and support for them during that 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 transportation process which you know 
To most of us, transportation is getting from A to B, but that ride to Penticton Regional Hospital or any hospital for that matter can be extremely traumatic. So yeah, so we're really hoping to bridge some of those those gaps. You talked about isolation and in the last couple of years, we're seeing an increase in isolation due to lockdowns and, and different things where people can't get out as much. Has that really impacted um, the need for your services? It is. I can't stress enough how much need we're seeing right now. Um, I've been doing this work, I've been in this field for a long time, and uh, we have staff members that have been with Sowens for 25 years, and we're all just going that we've actually never seen this level of need. Our crisis line is ringing off the hook. Our, um, our transition house is full. It's if we have a bed open, we fill it within hours, right? Um, and then we also have actually opened, much like other organizations across uh, British Columbia, uh, BC Housing has been very generous in allowing us to open an expansion site. So at one of our local hotels, we have um, five to seven rooms that we can use as an overflow uh, space because we're our transition house is full so currently um, you know as of this morning we have all seven of those rooms filled with women and families that are in need and are awaiting a, a room to open up at our transition house so we're really seeing that the pandemic um, these socioeconomic disparities existed um, in before the pandemic, but the pandemic has, uh, you know, definitely exasperated a lot of these, um, a lot of these issues. And people have been in isolation; they've been kept away from their support services. Families have been under extreme stresses, um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's 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 just it's it's really increased the need for sure. What does success look like? For, for so wins when when somebody comes and access a service and and then like how do you guys gauge that success or I know obviously helping the immediate need but it's like mm-hmm. when you're transitioning people into into a better place what does that look like yeah I mean we um, it's empowerment right it's it's really meeting those immediate emergent needs um, and ensuring that women and their and their children are safe but then we always ask how are we when they leave the doors of Sowins and you know same thing that we've been discussing with our sister agencies throughout BC and the Okanagan is when they leave our doors or they say thank you so much how how have we advocated enough for them to ensure that they can now make it in this world um you know it, this is a big, scary place, especially right now. Everything is so uncertain, and mental wellness has never, mental wellness issues have never been so high. And so, you know, how how have we provided those wraparound services? That advocacy piece is so important. When you accompany a woman to uh, and her children to an appoint an appointment, or you go to court with them, or you go to a, a a ministry appointment with them or uh, you know duty counsel um, it is that advocacy piece for them is so vital to their their you know ability to now go out into this big scary world and and make it and our hopes too I think success for us is that we don't 
we don't just help women survive. We hopefully are helping them have the opportunity to thrive, you know, to go beyond just having enough to feed their children or just scraping by or, you know, living in, the, in a cycle of, of um, you know, abuse. And, and so that's, that's really, I think, where, where I would say success is for us is, is going beyond just basic survival to a point where they can, they can enjoy life and they can heal and they can have that space and time to, to explore what that looks like for them. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, you mentioned current or historic. What did you mean by historic exactly? Like how, and how can you help mm. if it was from before? Yeah. So, um, as we know, a lot of women do not report sexual assault. Right. Um, it's the reporting is is very traumatic. A lot of women have a, a distrust of the criminal justice system um, based on past experiences they've had, or mm-hmm. it's just a very daunting process. And so, um, if they haven't reported, and you know, once we open our our sexual assault crisis line, um, uh, women will phone in and say, you know, this happened to me when I was this age, or this happened to me last year. This is not a current or very recent sexual assault, but it's a historical sexual assault that's greatly impacted their life. Um, From a trauma-informed care perspective, um, sexual assault can be, you know, just, it it can really set a new trajectory of your entire existence. So, um, and also too, childhood sexual abuse. We, we receive a lot of historical disclosures of this happened to me when I was nine and I've never told anybody. And so it's very important that we're not just looking at the immediate needs or, you know, recent sexual assaults that we are taking into consideration the trauma that women have experienced from historical assaults as well. Mm-hmm. So you're you've been in Penticton for forty years, you're, mm-hmm. and you must be very intertwined in that community. And then you're talking about wraparound services, which I think is like just amazing that that people get those supports. Mm-hmm. How? What is your thoughts on the community of Penticton and how they've kind of helped, and and what what does that path look like going forward too? Yeah, I think um, you know I've only been there for six months yet, uh, and I come from a really large community. But one of the things I have seen in Penticton is um, there's a lot of collaboration between service providers um, and nonprofit or you know community-based service providers. We tend to work in silos, um, and that's that's not because we don't want to work in a collaborative model. It's because we're so busy, right? It's like we're just okay. Let's just go, and we're providing the services, and 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 it's it's is difficult at times to stop and say, let's phone over to them and see what they're doing, you know, or let's get together. Of course, the pandemic has really uh, greatly affected that as well, right? The the inability to, to get back together and talk about how we can coordinate um, and, and have better wraparound services. Uh, one of the things I was recently talking with the Archway Society in Vernon with, which is a, one of our sister organizations, is starting regional meetings again um, to talk about some of the key issues throughout the entire 
Okanagan. Well, we have very similar key issues. One of our biggest challenges right now is there is almost a complete lack of medical detox um, per, uh, services specifically for women. So that's a huge challenge for us. Um, it's you know, phone back on Monday and it'll be three weeks from Monday. But we have such a small window of opportunity when women do say, I'm done with this, I wanna go. And we have to say, it's gonna be probably three weeks, right? So that's a big that's a big challenge for us. Housing, the, the lack of housing, I mean, in Penticton, it's, um, it's reached a critical point. We have um, hotels that are charging that, uh, that are not nice places that are charging upwards to $1,200 a month, you know? And so not only is it inadequate housing and not safe housing, it's completely unaffordable, especially on a fixed income. So a lot of our sister agencies, we wanna get together and start having these conversations again and saying, what are our biggest challenges to providing these support services? Um, The nonprofit world, we are, you know, we're, we're as strong as our unified voice. And I've always said that if we don't have a unified voice around some of the socioeconomic uh, disparities that we're all, you know, attempting to help people solve, then it's, it's very difficult. It's difficult to act in a silo. So the more we can collaborate, the more we can, again, right, have that unified voice and say this, we need help over here, the stronger we'll be as a community. Housing seems to be a like a common thread for a lot of different um, issues that are facing Canadians in general. Mm. And, and you know, as, as good a job as BC Housing is doing, and they're doing a lot, and their budgets have expanded, but it seems like what's coming in is far exceeding what they're trying to, you know, like help with. Like So mm. I'm not sure where that solution lies with housing, but it seems like a lot more housing is needed in affordable housing because... Because housing, like like you're saying, twelve hundred dollars for motels and fifteen hundred dollars for single bedroom apartments and stuff like that, seems to put it out of reach for so many people. Mm-hmm. There has to be some type of solution that's coordinated or, or something. I, and, and I don't have that answer. I mean, if we did, we would, you know. Yeah, um, and you know, um, Penticton doesn't have a homelessness strategy, which I was really quite surprised about. Um, we have a we had a very robust one in Regina, and it was in response to exactly the same sort of of issues, right? As you create a housing bubble, I think the the pandemic, a lot of people, if you were on the fence about moving to the Okanagan, you went, let's get out of Calgary and let's you know let's move to the Okanagan. I'm done with this commute. Um, but you know, subsequently, what has happened is the the housing market is you're driving up all of the prices prices and you're creating a real bonanza for you know for for people who own uh, a lot of rental properties because they can say well now we can charge you know we can charge 2200 bucks a month i guess the argument on that would be i'm not saying that that's not happening but the argument on some of those people are saying the prices of the homes have gone up and they have to charge that much just to service the debt on those properties. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit of both probably. Oh, for sure. And um, yeah. so it's just, and it's a vicious kind of cycle, right? Cause the property values go up, the mortgages go up. So they mm-hmm. have to pay, rent goes up and, and it just mm-hmm. kind of like just feeds on itself. And then it just kind of, and, and the Okanagan being an attractive spot for so many people kind of like, and you know we don't have a lot of land to put into there too so it's it's mm-hmm. definitely a lot of factors 
Oh, for sure. And I mean, you know, uh, my husband and I own an apartment building back in Regina. And yeah, if the market increases, that's a natural thing as a, uh, you know, we, we own this property and we now we need to increase rents. And I think, I mean, I, I you know, said this when I taught at the university is, you know, the housing crisis right now, it's a symptom of a larger societal illness and Band-Aid solutions don't necessarily provide, um, you know, provide adequate solutions to that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. We need second stage housing for women and families for sure. That's something that Sowens would would love to pursue is is some second stage housing. So for for some of the women, is there education to to signs to watch for? Is there um, like when they're going back or like things to do? Like, is there something that like that you can share with the public that you know things they need to watch for or, or how they when they're accessing service how do they go about accessing service mm-hmm. so the women how the women access yeah. our services yeah so um women will contact us directly they'll phone our crisis line at our transition house um we get a lot of referrals from other programs and services um Sowens really does um we're one of the only organizations in the South Okanagan that is providing those services. So our programs and services, so um, they can, we're quite well known in the community. So a lot of mm-hmm. people know, well, call so-and-so. Right, like the, the RCMP or something that would yeah, pass Yeah, RCMP, on. we do work quite closely with victim services at the RCMP. Um, and so there, there is a lot of great coordinated efforts in the South Okanagan. Um, I was quite impressed uh, with some of those coordinated efforts. So, yeah, um, you know, and I think in terms of the public, um, you know, gender-based violence is something that people... Ha- it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to talk about. It's uncomfortable to talk about sexual assault, right? right? I mean, it's not a topic we want to, you know, throw around at the dinner table at Thanksgiving, right? So uh, it is uncomfortable, but I, I, I really do believe that we all have an individual responsibility to, to be aware. Um, you know, I think if the pandemic has taught us anything it's it's the importance of a common sense of humanity right it's the it's the importance of um you know i use this football analogy i know it's cliche but we're only as strong as our weakest player you know and so we all have an individual responsibility to to educate ourselves to stay aware of not not just gender-based violence issues but also social economic and and political issues and sometimes it's easy I always say judgment and bias is lazy, right? The hard way is is to take the responsibility and make yourself aware and say, I'm going to break down my individual biases and I'm actually going to step up to the plate and educate myself on these issues or maybe even go a step further and get involved with an agency like Sowens or Kelowna's Women's Shelter. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's easy to have judgments. I want to return to your sexual assault response coordination. Now, mm-hmm. you said that you're gathering a team. What are some of the issues that you're going to tackle first? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the biggest thing is really looking at where are the major gaps in programs and services. Um, all I think all programs need to be based on where those significant gaps are. And so identifying those to say, okay, well, what do we know for sure Um you know, for instance, some of our sister organizations said that in our in the first wave of funding said that the biggest piece was uh, for other service providers is 
um, when we receive disclosures, how can we do that in a trauma-informed way? So how can we make sure that we're asking the right questions or providing the right support and that immediate um, response um, in the best way possible so that we don't, you know, potentially re-victimize survivors and victims. So um, it's really going to be asking what, how has sexual assault showed up in your organization and what do you need? What would, what supports or resources could you need to, to better respond? And how do you help women overcome the impacts of assault or abuse? What kind of programs or resources do you offer? Mm-hmm. So our Stopping the Violence Counseling Program, um, it's a fantastic program. We have a great team of counselors um, that are well-educated and trained in this area. Um, so we can provide those immediate supports. But we can look at all aspects of that. So if... Um, if they're in immediate need of housing, we can, you know, support them at the transition house, uh, plus providing that, you know, stopping the violence counseling piece. Um, if they're looking, and I, I forgot to mention, we have a, a housing support program as well. So we offer subsidies and we also have a housing coordinator that helps women find affordable, safe and adequate housing for them and their children. And so we really look at what are the immediate needs and then what are some of the goals that they might have moving forward and how can our organization um, either support them as much as we can internally but also refer to our other organizations throughout the South Okanagan that can that can respond to other needs that maybe we can't meet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to share some statistics from Statistics Canada. So approximately 4.7 million women, or 30% of all women aged 15 and older, have been sexually assaulted outside of intimate relationships at least once since age 15. Mm-hmm. So my question, based on your experience, what is the age demographic of women coming in reporting assault or harassment? It is, it's such a wide range. Um, and I, I would say quite recently, and we have um, recently received quite a few reports um, about women in camps and some of the the homeless camps Mm -hmm. that are being um, lured with free the promise of free substances and are are being sexually assaulted Um, and those women can range from 18 to 60. Um, So um, I wouldn't say you know Sexual assault touches women of all ages, all demographics, right. all, you know, it, there's there's no area I could say that it doesn't touch, you know, it, that it doesn't have an effect on women and girls. And so, um, you know, we we respond to those needs and and there is different responses we're we're going to part of our committee we're going to um engage okanagan college and sprockshaw and ubc and and hopefully you know we the response and or work we do with the post-secondary group might look a bit different because the 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 education and awareness that that demographic of demographic demographic of women um, maybe need or or want might look different than what women in camps um, in some of the homelessness camps need or want and some of the education and supports they want. Have you lost anyone during your time with Sewins? Yeah, we um, 
through various programs. Um, we've lost approximately around 12 clients that we've served in different capacities um, and mostly due to um, opioid overdoses. And um, we do have fentanyl testing strips now that we use and, and help people that can test their drugs and make sure that they're not taking um, anything that's you know potentially fatal. But um, we can only do so much with those strips and of course we can't control what's happening on the streets so it's it's a very dangerous situation and since starting overall how many women would you say so ins helped uh well i mean we just came out with some recent statistics i think in our transition house and we're in the process of updating our stats right now but um since the in 2021 of course we're not we're not at the end of it but we've had over 6,000 bed stays at our transition house and expansion site. So, and I don't have the stats for, for all our programs and services, but um, the needs, as I said, it's, it's the needs are increasing every day. We even have, um, you know, we even have men who very much know that we, we only serve um, women and, and, and families. We've had men recently knock on our door and say, do you have any emergency food? Um, you know, and well, yeah, of course, we've got a granola bar and here's a juice box. And so, you know, I, 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 the pandemic has intensified the social, uh, socioeconomic issues that we had pre-pandemic. And, you know, unfortunately at this point, we don't see that decreasing. We don't see it going swing, swinging back on the other side of, of the pendulum right now. Um, and it is gonna require a, a really strong unified voice from all levels of government and community and businesses and yeah. Where can people find, uh, they find you online, sowins.ca? Mm-hmm. Dot com. Dot com, yes. com. Yeah. And then is there anything we missed today that you would like to share? Um, you know, I think probably one thing that we've really been working with at Sowins is is looking at some of the pieces in terms of, you know, as an agency like Sowins, we can only support women and families so far. There's only so many things that, that we can do. Um, and there's only so much that we can take our advocacy. But in terms of the other systems in place, it is so vital for us that those other systems are also acting in a trauma-informed way. Because what we've seen, especially in some of the criminal justices processes, is that um, women are being re-victimized in, in some of these other systems, in the court systems, in some of their... Um, you know, and, and again, this is uh, yeah, of no fault of some of these systems. Some of them are, are really understaffed right now. And, you know, we have this massive labor shortage in BC, in the Okanagan. And so, but what, what we've seen is, you know, we can advocate and we can be that strong voice and, and we can help empower women. But if other systems are failing them in terms of the housing system, in terms of the court system, the justice system, the policing system, um, we can't stop them from being re-victimized and that not only is a re-victimization of of women but we're also looking at the intergenerational effects that that has on their children and how we can't stop that trauma from being 
furthered onto their children and, and, and then the cycle continues. So I think that's probably one piece of, you know, not passing any blame whatsoever. But again, right, we can, organizations like us, we can only take things so far. So, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. That's the end of today's conversation. If you have any topics that you'd like to have featured, please email Sarah Gouda at sgouda at nowmediagroup.ca. That's S-G-O-U-D-A at nowmediagroup.ca.